Life's too short. Life's too damn short. So eat everything. Try anything. Exercise. Experience all that life has to offer. Here's exercise physiologist, medical journalist, and healthy talk host, Melanie Cole, MS. When you're talking to people and they ask you what's the best way to work out and you're giving them these great exercises and, you know, trying to get creative, there's always the question about warming up, cooling down. Is that important? People tend to sometimes just blow that off and they get right on the treadmill and start running or they go outside and start running. They're always asking about stretching before you work out. Do you stretch before? Do you warm up? Today, we're going to answer those questions definitively, and my guest is Dr. Brian Parr. He's an associate professor of exercise and sports science at the University of South Carolina, Aiken. Dr. Parr, people know about warming up and cooling down, but they don't always do it. Tell us about that and how important they are. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for for having me back to talk about this. And I think you're right. I think when people miss parts of workouts, warming up and cooling down are, are the parts they miss the most. And I think the reason is, that everyone's in a hurry and they want to get to the part of the workout they think is going to help them the most. But the important thing about warming up before and cooling down after is it can help make the workout more effective. By warming up ahead of time, you can make sure that the muscles that you're going to use are, are warm. Literally, you warm up your muscles so that they're better able to produce energy and better able to help you exercise when you get started. Um, and it can also help you get focused and, and focus movements you're going to be doing in the exercise and, and focus your mind to be ready to do the exercise. This is a, a really important reason why you see you know, athletes and teams warming up before in a practice or an event, because it's beyond the physical warm-up, it's the mental warm-up too. That's true. And that's an overlooked point is that it is a mental warm-up as well. So what do you recommend for warming up? And then we're going to get to that question about stretching before and after because that, I mean, I've been getting it for 20 or 30 years. So answer that question, but but speak about what it is that warm-up means. Yeah. So first of all, it, like I said, it literally means warming up your muscles. When When you start exercising, your muscles have to produce more energy so that they can contract so that you can do the work you're going to do. And when you warm up, it increases blood flow to the muscle it helps the muscles get ready to make the energy they need. So there's the literal warm-up part. Warm-up also increases blood flow to other parts of the body, including the heart. This is particularly relevant for people who might have heart disease um, and might experience ischemia um, or angina or some other heart problems during exercise. So it can help with preventing some of those as well. Um, so you want to get the blood flow to the muscle. You want to get the body warm. Um, I had a coach one time that said, never start unless you're sweating, right? And I guess ah, interesting. Way making sure we stayed warm. Um, but it really is important. And, and you should tailor the warm-up to the activity you're going to do, right? So someone who's just going to go for a, a walk around their neighborhood, a brisk walk as their exercise, their warm-up might be walking a little bit slowly for a few minutes at first and then picking up the pace. I think people who are going to do a more comprehensive workout in the gym probably should should do some general whole body dynamic warm up that could be walking or jogging it could be riding a cyclergometer um i personally like using a rowing machine cuz it's full body um i also like using uh the bikes now the assault bikes or the airdyne bikes where you move both your arms and legs 
because um, you can get a, you know all your muscles involved in in that exercise. So a few minutes of that just to kind of um, get the body temperature up and get moving, and then focus on some of the movements you might be doing do, doing during the exercise. So for example, someone who is going to be doing uh, a lot of upper body work in a workout might want to spend some time on the movements they're going to be doing, working through them with a lighter weight or no weight, and making sure that their range of motion is right so that when it's time to actually pick up the heavier weights, they're ready to do it. Um, another good example is is swimming, right? If you're going to, if part of your workout is going to involve swimming, you definitely want to spend some time warming up your your upper body and shoulders. That's a good point as well. And even though swimming in itself feels like it could be a warm up to start slow to get your muscles used to it. And I like the idea of you shouldn't start working out till you're sweating. And when you see dancers and athletes, they always cover up while they're waiting to keep their muscles Mm -hmm. warm. Well, that's the thing too, is you should do the warm up close to the time you're going to exercise. And for for most of us, that isn't a problem, right? We do the warm up immediately before we start. But think about athletes who warm up before a game. And then if if it's someone who's maybe not a starter on the team, they're going to sit on the bench for a while and they're going to lose that warm up. So sometimes you see athletes who, um, especially soccer players, before they go in, they'll actually, you know, be doing some jogging and some stretching and things on the sideline to rewarm up again, right? That's what they do. And and so it's, it is yeah. really important when you see those elite athletes doing it, you know that it probably works. And what about the stretching thing? Dr. Power. Yeah. Do you know, I mean, people just don't know if that's included in a part of your warm up. Do you, do you work out slowly for 10 minutes, get your muscles going like a rubber band, then you can stretch them. Do you stretch a cold muscle? People are always asking this question. Yes. And I wish I had a definitive answer for you, but I will do my best. So the old adage of doing static stretching as a warm up, pretty much everyone agrees that that's not the best advice. It's not the best way to warm up. And it's not the best time to stretch. You should stretch your muscles after they've been warmed up. Um, That said, I think that stretching can and should be part of a warm-up, but it should come after you've done some whole-body dynamic exercise to actually get warm first. And I think the stretching should focus on the muscle groups that you're going to be using during that workout. Um, You know, if if you're lifting weights, it should be you know, specific to to what you're doing to make sure you've got a good range of motion before you get started. I think as far as stretching to improve flexibility or mobility, probably the best time to do that is after a workout where you can spend some time and really dedicate some effort to focusing on those stretches when the muscles are already warm. And I think that's the key. What kind of stretches? I mean, it's always been that, you know, one doesn't even know how to stretch a particular muscle. Calves seem to be a little bit easier. Quadriceps, you see people pulling that leg up behind them. But what are the stretches that we should really be doing that you think are really good once you're a little bit warm? Yeah. So first of all, the distinction between what's called static stretching, that's what we usually think of when we think about stretching, um, where you hold a stretch for, for some amount of time. Um, there's also dynamic stretching, which is doing the same kind of thing, but working through more of a range of motion and moving as you're doing the stretch. I think dynamic stretches are really good for warm-up. I think static stretches are probably better done after a workout for the purposes of improving flexibility. And those static stretches should be held for a long time. Um, I know when I learned, you know, a 10-second count or, or maybe a 20-second count, 
for holding stretches. And really now, um, you know, people are saying a minute or sometimes even longer. I, I know people who say you really don't start getting improvements until you're holding a stretch for two minutes, which seems like an incredibly long time. It does. But I'll tell you, to, to when you do that, though, you really notice a difference. You really notice a difference quickly. So it's worth doing. And, and so I'll give you an example. So the quad stretch that you mentioned that people do, usually standing, pull one leg up behind you and, and get a good stretch on the quadriceps. So a way to do that as a dynamic stretch could be to do a walking stretch where you're taking steps and each each step you're doing a, quadri- a quadricep stretch. So you're moving your body and you're doing those stretches at the same time. Um, I think for after exercise to try and really improve flexibility, you'd want to focus on holding that stretch for, for a lot longer. Um, and the idea is that the longer you hold it, the more the muscle is going to respond. And not just the muscle, but all of the connective tissue around the muscle that holds everything together. Yeah, well, two minutes is a long time. And when I'm stretching, (laughs) my clients, you know, they would scream at me if I was trying to stretch their hamstrings passively for two minutes and holding it there. They'd be like, it's enough. You know, 20 seconds is a lot. Yeah, so so let's so let's say you go from 20 seconds and then try 30 seconds for a while and then keep adding a little bit of time. Um, and again, this isn't something you have to do every day. I mean, if you if you work through ten stretches and you're spending two minutes on each one, that's half of a workout, right? Um, so it isn't necessarily practical to do that every time, but but certainly some of the time holding the stretches for longer would, would certainly be beneficial. Um, what about stretching like your that. shoulders? You know, it's oh, easy yeah. enough to stretch your chest. You take your arms behind and it's really good for posture. Yep. And you grab your hands in the back there and squeeze back your shoulders. It's great chest stretch. But what about the backs of the shoulders? You see people crossing their arm over their chest or there are certain muscles, Dr. Power, that are hard for people to find out how to stretch them. So I'll tell you, I have I have tight shoulders that, that limit me from doing a lot of things as well as I'd like to. So I spend a lot of time on that. And one thing that I do that's pretty easy is I usually do it um, using a, like a barbell on a rack. But you could do it with any really sturdy, heavy thing that you can't pull over. Is I grab onto that barbell and I kind of lower myself down into a squat, right? And I as I do that, I, I hold myself in a way that I can feel it stretching my shoulder. And I can feel it all the way from sort of the middle of my back all the way up to my shoulder. And I just kind of hang there for a while, um, you know, at least 30 seconds, sometimes longer. And, and when I'm doing that, I'm doing two things. I'm, I'm stretching a little bit by doing the squat, but I'm also emphasizing that pull on my shoulder too. Um, and for me, that's a really effective stretch. I feel a lot better after I do that. The other thing you see people doing a lot now is using things like foam rollers or using um, these really strong elastic bands to help them stretch. And so using things like that, you can actually get a better stretch doing that. A foam roller tends to work really well. Um, it, it's one of those things, like most things involving stretching, it doesn't necessarily feel great at the moment you're doing it, but when you're done, you can feel it, it feel a difference. And so with a foam roller, you could you know, put that foam roller on the, the muscle that you want to stretch and just really slowly move back and forth over it. Um, and that will help too. That's really good advice. Now, another thing that people tell, you know, we talked about warming up and stretching and the cooling down. 
you and I both know that that's important to let your heart settle back down, get the lactic acid, clear it out a little bit. But what does warming down mean? I mean, if you're swimming for exercise, that's again, a little bit of a tough, what do you do? Just swim slower. People don't really understand what that means, or they even see a marathon runner run through, but then they see him keep running a little bit. Yeah. You well, know, so to kind of clear it out. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is most relevant for what I would call upright exercise, where your head is above your heart, which is outside of swimming, most every exercise we would do, running, cycling, pretty much everything. And so imagine you're running. So what's happening is while you're exercising, you have a lot of blood that's going down to your legs, delivering oxygen and nutrients to your legs and removing waste. And there's a lot of blood flow going down to your legs. And the way it gets back up to your heart is the muscles that you're moving when you run push it back up towards the heart. It's almost like your legs are working like a second pump, pumping the blood back up. So getting the blood back from your legs and up to your brain is really important because if you don't get enough blood to your brain, you're going you're gonna to faint, right? So during exercise, this works really well. So you're running and, and this system is working just fine. And then all of a sudden you stop running. So what you have is all this blood flow that's going down to your leg, but you're missing that pump of the muscle moving when you run to push it back up to your brain. So what will happen to a lot of people is they'll feel kind of dizzy. They'll feel lightheaded. Some people actually faint after exercise from this happening. And it's just because the blood pools down in the legs um, because you're, you're, you have so much blood flow during exercise. So what the cooling down does, the running slower, the walking, the continuing to move, is it helps keep the blood pumping back up towards your heart and up towards your brain so you don't have that feeling. Um, some people experience that more than others, and certainly people who are deconditioned, certainly people who might have some kind of heart disease or, or, um, or blood vessel disease, might, that might happen more commonly to them. For, so from a safety perspective, that's important. From a performance perspective, you're right. Your, your muscles are producing a lot of waste, including lactate and other things. And as you continue to keep moving in recovery, it helps you clear those, those wastes out of your muscle faster. For most of us who do one workout and then we go home, that isn't such a big deal. But for athletes who are doing, you know, multiple, um, training sessions, if they're in an event where they have to compete heats like runners, sprinters or something, it becomes even more relevant for that. But I think for most people, just for a, a, a comfort and not, not even to worry about lightheadedness and, and dizziness after exercise, certainly a practical thing to do. Well, sure. And, and as you said, especially people and women in my age group, we tend to notice these little lines on our legs that were not there when we were gorgeous and young. And so you get these varicose veins. And again, that blood pooling, those kinds of things are what warm yeah. down can help so much yeah. with is it really can help reduce some of that strain on those impending lovely varicose veins. And so all of these kinds of things are really so helpful. Dr. Parr, what haven't we talked about? Wrap it up. Tell us what you want everyone to know about the importance of warming up, cooling down, stretching, flexibility, putting it all together for really the best workout. What haven't we covered? Um, I think we've kind of got everything. I think the thing people need to realize is it is absolutely worth the time to do it. Um, taking the time to warm up, to, to literally get warm by doing some dynamic whole body movement, doing some stretching and working on some of the movements you, that might be more important for the workout you're doing. That's especially true if you're, you're lifting weights, doing things like that. Um, and then the cooling down from a, a safety perspective for um, 
for a lot of us that are getting older, um, it, it's really important to do, um, but also from a performance standpoint. Um, and I think also the thing we, ne- we need to realize is that when you're doing you know, a warm-up and a cool-down, you're, you're making it a point to prepare yourself for the workout so that you can get better benefits out of that workout. And in the cool-down, if you use some of that time for stretching and improving mobility, that will absolutely be time well spent after your muscles are already warm. It's great information. Dr. Parr, as always, you are such a pleasure to have on the show. So informative and interesting and fun to have on. Thank you so much again. You're listening to Life's Too Short, and you know so am I at four foot ten. But listen to these shows. Share them with your friends. And and because it's great information, and many of our guests are provided by the American College of Sports Medicine, the gold standard in fitness and health. So you can trust this information. You can hear us on TuneIn and Stitcher, iHeart and iTunes, Google Play, but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Cole. Stay well.